Welcome to the Profitable Gym Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Berkovitz, and I transformed my struggling gym into a seven-figure money-making machine. My goal is to help give you the tools, strategies, and skills that you can immediately implement in your gym to start thinking like a business owner, making more money, and changing more lives. If you want access to more content like this and a community of gym owners who are on their way to becoming wildly profitable, join our exclusive free Facebook group by going to gymexpert.co slash group. We've got a great episode in store for you today, so let's get right into it. Welcome, everybody. This is the second live stream inside our Gym Expert Facebook group. And we've got a great one lined up for today. So it's going to be a little bit different than what we did last week. Last week, we covered a lot about my story, where I came from, what my background is, and how I got here into this Facebook group and starting this, building my business, and really what my mission is to help gym owners. Today, we're going to switch this up. I want to focus on mindset. I really want us to think about one thing in particular that is something I'm sure all of you as I have, have struggled with in the past at different stages of both our professional career and otherwise. So the thing that we're going to focus on today and that I really want to dive deep into is limiting beliefs. And there's going to be four main areas or four main pieces to this that I want to unpack. I want to look at what limiting beliefs are. I want to then look at how they hold our clients back. Okay, how do limiting beliefs affect our clients? What are the limiting beliefs that they experience themselves? And how does that shape their lives, their trajectory, where they're at, where they've come from, and then where they're potentially going and how we can help them break through that? And then I want to look at how limiting beliefs hold us back. So us as as gym owners, how does how are we affected by those by those limiting beliefs? And same sort of thing, the same way that they affect our clients, what does that look like for us? Where did those come up? Where are ways that we can make improvements? And where do they stop us from potentially going in the future? And the last thing I really want us to focus on is how can we break those limiting beliefs, obviously with our clients, but how can we break those limiting beliefs within ourselves? So those are really the main four pieces that I want us to cover on. And what I'm going to focus on sort of towards the tail end of this is specifically the three biggest limiting beliefs that we as gym owners actually experience. These are the three things that we really, really let get in our own way and they stunt our growth. They really put a bit of a blockade on, on where we can actually truly propel ourselves, right? So they, they create that glass ceiling that we really struggle to get through. And I want to address what that looks like and how we can break through that and how we can achieve that next level of success. So like I said, there's going to be four main topics for us. What are limiting beliefs, right? Let's, let's look at specifically what it is, what it means when I say limiting belief, what am I talking about? Then again, how it holds our clients back, how it holds us back. And like I said, the three big ones for us, especially. And then last but not least is how we can break through that and actually then take that next step. So looking at limiting beliefs, 
what are they? A great explanation, and this is my paraphrase, but pretty accurate to the definition from a gentleman I'm sure you may have all heard of, Mr. Tony Robbins. So his his description or his definition of a limiting belief is that limiting beliefs are stories we tell ourselves that hold us back from becoming who we are meant to be. These beliefs limit us from reaching our full potential. That's really powerful, right? So essentially what he's saying here is that limiting beliefs are, like I said a couple seconds ago, it's that glass ceiling that we put on ourselves that stops us from, from doing something, from taking action, from whether it's taking action entirely or whether it is taking action to the fullest capability or possibility that we can, therefore giving us a result that we are actually striving for. Often what happens is limiting beliefs when these are actually, when they're actually put in place or when we are actually imposing these limiting beliefs on ourselves, what happens Two primary things, we either take no action, which is obvious why that's a huge problem, or we we take action in a way that is going to fulfill that limiting belief itself. So it almost creates this self-fulfilling prophecy. So what do I mean by that? Basically, we, we think we are unable to achieve something. Therefore, if we decide to actually try and achieve it, we do it in such a way that is honestly half-assed. And what that results in is us then not getting the result that we were theoretically, quote unquote, trying for, and therefore basically telling ourselves, see, I knew you weren't going to get that, or I knew you weren't going to achieve that, or I knew you weren't going to reach that goal. So it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy where we don't believe we can get it. We either don't try or we try in a very wishy-washy, half-assed kind of way. We don't get the result that we say we wanted. And then we're like, huh, see? I knew I couldn't get it. And this is something we see in our industry all the time. In the fitness industry, all the time. People say they want to hit a goal. They don't really believe they can do it. Then they try something, again, half-assed. They don't get it. And they're like, yeah, see? I knew I wasn't going to be able to lose that 25 pounds. And then this is what causes that vicious cycle of people never being able to truly be happy when it comes to specifically achieving that goal. So they really get caught in this whirlwind or this, this loop, this endless loop of wanting something, not being able to achieve it, and then never actually being able to take actionable steps to move forward to solve it. Because guess what? The next time they try and solve it, they now have evidence of themselves not being able to actually achieve that goal. So this is why when prospects come to you, and I'm getting pretty specific on this example here, but when prospects come to you, and they're telling you about how they want to lose 25 pounds, right? Let's use that example. Let's run with that. What history has shown them is that they can't do it. They want to do it. They don't really believe they can do it because the one time, the two times, the five times, the 10 times that they've tried in the past, they've failed. So the problem here is that that, re that, that reinforces that limitation that they put within their own mind on their abilities to achieve their goal. So they're stuck. And 
they're now no longer able to break that trend because they are now hesitant about making any making or taking any action to truly solve the problem. Because again, like I mentioned, history has shown them that they're just going to fail again. So one really easy way for us to, to look at limiting beliefs here in a way that most people understand pretty concisely is taking a look at sports, athletics, professional athletics, the Olympics, things like that. And essentially looking at things at the highest level, world records, or just records in individual sports. Basically what happens is a record is set and then everybody more or less thinks it's not going to be possible to break that record until somebody breaks it. So if a record was set and everybody was just like, well, that record's never going to be broken. Guess what's going to happen? That record will never be broken. But there is somebody out there somewhere who sees a record and sees that as a challenge. They see that as something that they want to take upon themselves. Be like, that is an incredible feat of X performance, but I can beat it. No matter what that work takes, no matter how much I have to put into it, no matter what it takes me to not only get there, but to surpass that, I will do it. And that's not to say that it happens overnight. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes decades. But the record will be broken. And as soon as the record is broken, typically what follows is countless other individuals breaking the same record. And the reason is because they now have seen that it's possible. So it takes one person to believe the record can be broken. And then once it has been proven that the record can be broken, everybody else starts to believe. It's funny how that works, right? So a really good example of this is something that happened very recently. One of the, one of the quote unquote most impressive or most unattainable world records that was thought to be unattainable was a sub two hour marathon. It was widely regarded that it wasn't possible for a human being to run a marathon in under two hours until it happened. So Elliot Kipchoge from Kenya recently ran a marathon in one hour, 59 minutes and 40 seconds. Insane. Absolutely insane. But it's possible. So what was thought to be impossible was only impossible until somebody did it. Now, nobody else has done that yet, but if we wait, and as we will see, I would put a significant amount of money on the fact that somebody else or a number of other individuals will now also be able to do that. Now, again, we're only talking about 20 seconds, but at that level, only 20 seconds is a lifetime. So anyways, the irony of this whole thing is that Elliot Kipchoge's mantra, his personal mantra, is that no human is limited. And I don't think that could be any more fitting. That's exactly what we're talking about. So we can see now that limiting beliefs are these, these words, and they're sort of the, the opposite of words of affirmation. These are words of like restriction that we put on ourselves. They are things that we tell ourselves that stop us unconsciously, subconsciously from getting the results that we want. So let's take 
let's take a little bit of a look specifically now at how our clients typically deal with, or not deal with, but experience limiting beliefs. And again, I would place, I would place bets on, I would bet that you guys have heard pretty much every single one of these at some point or another. I'm too old. I don't have time. I'll never get that body back that I had when I was insert age here, 20, 30, whatever, right? I'm too busy. My kids take up all of my time. I work, I work, I have kids, I have family, I have to care for blah, 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 right? It goes on. The list goes on. You can see what this trend is. These are the easiest way to look at this. These are reasons or justifications that our prospects give themselves for why they will not be able to hit their goal. And one really easy way for us to look at this is these are the things that people tell themselves so that when they don't hit their goal, they've got somewhere to place the blame. If somebody tells you and they've been telling you on, on a call, on a coaching call, on a sales call, whatever it may be for 25, 30 minutes, maybe even longer, that they've been struggling with this extra weight and their health problems and they don't have the energy to run after their kids, a laundry list of all of these heartfelt, deep, true reasons why they need to make a change in their life. But they've also got an equally long list of reasons why they're not going to be able to do it. And those reasons are a place for them to point the finger and give control and place blame on why they won't be able to hit their goal. Or if they don't hit their goal, be like, well, it wasn't because of me. It was because I couldn't do it. I had, I had to take care of my kids. I wasn't able to eat the way that I needed to eat because, you know, life is crazy and my kids need to eat a certain way. And I didn't have the time because I was working all day. It's this, it's this self-fulfilling prophecy. So they, they want something, quote unquote, they want something. They don't truly believe that they can get it. And therefore, when they don't commit fully, they don't do what they need to do. And they don't get their goal. That's okay. There was all these reasons why it wasn't because of me. I didn't do anything wrong. I just actually couldn't because of all of, you know, I was too busy. I had spending too much time at work. Blah, 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 right? That list continues to go on. So it gives them an out. It gives them an acceptable justification for why they didn't get the results that they said that they wanted. One of the big ones, one of the big ones is people just being very open about, ah, you know, I'm, I'm too old. I'm not going to be able to get there. So of course, all of those other things, we need to be able to conversationally talk to talk to our prospects about we need to break down and break through those limiting beliefs for them. So a big part of what we do and and what we as coaches are going to do when we speak to our, our clients or in this particular case, they're typically going to be prospects before they become your client. If they're a client, we have to assume, no, maybe not. And that'll be, that'll be a different conversation if they're not bought in. We have to realign or recalibrate them. But before they're actually our clients, we need to have a conversation with telling them, listen, Jane, I know you don't think that you're going to be able to get 
you know, your 20, <laughs> your 25 year old body back. But we have to know that that is actually possible. You can do it. There are things that you will need to do to, to get to that. But if that's truly what you want, the first thing we need to do is take this. I know I can't get that and throw it out the window because you need to believe. And if you don't believe, then you're not going to get it. And that's why when we talk about from a sales perspective, I need to truly believe that my prospect is going to get those results. And I need to care so much that I transfer that level of conviction, that level of caring, that level of belief into my prospect. Because I'll tell you one thing, if they don't believe that I think they can do it or that I know that they can do it or better yet, if they don't believe that I can actually get them there, they're not going to believe it. They already have the evidence backing up that they're not going to be able to do it. So we need to transfer our level of conviction because you know what, Jane, I know we can get you down 25 pounds because look at all of this evidence that we have on our side because Susie and Annie, et cetera, et cetera, they've all done it. So why would you be any different? And we'll have tactical conversations with how we can unpack those things specifically to use stories of other people, other success stories that we have so we can transfer that conviction back into our prospects. So that's in a nutshell, looking at how we're going to hold, excuse me, how our clients are held back by limiting beliefs. So the biggest takeaway from that is that we get, we get these things all the time, right? I have, I'm too old. I don't have time. I'm way too busy at work right now. This is a bad time. I need to wait because when life is a little easier, I'll be able to actually dedicate myself to it. And life doesn't get easier. Life doesn't get less busy. Okay. If it does, it's only temporary and just means when it gets busy again, you're going to fall off. That's another conversation too. But a big thing for us as coaches, what we need to really do is we need to step into that role of, of allowing the prospects to break their own beliefs. We need to really reiterate to them that they can get through that, they can break through that, and they will get to that goal. They will get to that outcome. So let's shift focus a little bit. I'm going to come back to that, but let's shift focus because what I want to touch on now is how these limiting beliefs hold us back as gym owners. And it's really not a lot different. Honestly, it's not a lot different from the way that the limiting beliefs hold our clients back. It's just that our focus is a little bit different. So instead of us being focused, and of course, we may have our own personal goals and things that we want to achieve in our personal or our, our health and fitness. And of course, then those are a little bit similar. But on the business side, again, conceptually, they're exactly the same. But the ones that we tell ourselves are things like, I'm not as good as they are, my competition. There aren't enough people in my area. My area is too saturated with other gyms with my competition. There's just too many of them around. Like, why are people going to come to me? I'm not going to get enough business. There's just way too many gyms. Uh, my gym isn't big enough. I need to be bigger. I need to have a bigger facility. I need to have more equipment. I need to, I need to make XYZ changes. I need, to, I need to do this. I need to do that. All of these limiting beliefs, these are all glass ceilings. or These are all like barriers that we're putting on ourselves to get to 
the place that we want to be, right? That dream outcome, that goal, that ideal position, that destination of where we want to be to truly break through and get to that next level. So again, you can see those aren't a whole lot different than what they were for our prospects. Sure, we may have been talking about a business case scenario for us as opposed to what our what our prospects are experiencing, which is more on the like personal health and fitness side. So yes, sure, that is different. But conceptually speaking, the limiting beliefs are exactly the same. We're putting a barrier, we're putting a glass ceiling, we're putting a limit to what we can achieve, or we're just giving ourselves an easy out with pointing the finger and saying, well, that's the reason why I didn't get it. I tried. And you know, as I thought, I knew I wasn't going to get it. I told you I'm not as good as my competition, right? I told you there aren't enough people in my area. I didn't get any leads this month. Really? (laughs) Trust me, there are enough leads. There are enough leads around. My gym isn't big enough, but that's not true either. None of these are true. We tell ourselves they are, because it's easier. It's easier to tell ourselves that these things are true than it is to actually do the work. Doing the work is difficult. Breaking through these glass ceilings and these limiting beliefs is hard work, but it's possible. You just need to truly believe. Think about it this way. In a second, what I want to do is I want to talk about those three big limiting beliefs that we as gym owners, I would say the most common, let's phrase it that way, the most common um, limiting beliefs that we have. But before I do, I want us just to think for a second to ourselves, think internally. Was there ever a time where you didn't think you'd be able to achieve something and then you did? And for many of us, that may have been your first paying client, maybe as a personal trainer or maybe just as an actual gym owner or something more specific. Let's say, let's say you raised your prices. Let's say you made a huge leap in your prices. Let's say you were a personal trainer and you were charging 30 bucks an hour. And you saw online or you saw somewhere that somebody told you you're worth way more than that. You should be charging so much more, but you were super hesitant for months and months and months. You didn't want to charge anymore because you're like, if I'm going to double or triple, let's say triple, let's just for ease of this, let's say we go to a hundred, you're charging $30 an hour. Somebody somewhere told you that you're worth more. You should probably start charging a hundred dollars an hour. I bet it was terrifying. I bet it was absolutely terrifying to then try and sell somebody for more than triple your current price. And you probably didn't actually believe anybody would pay that. Why wouldn't you believe that, right? I mean, the reason you wouldn't believe it is because nobody has paid you that much yet. So far, you've been, you've been paid $30 an hour for each of your sessions from every client you've got. History is telling you that $30 an hour is what you're worth. But somewhere along the way, you decided to take advice and correct advice, by the way, (laughs) to increase your price to $100 an hour. But again, nobody's paid that yet. So the fear that you have, the fear that you're experiencing is that you will never get another client. Unless, of course, you go back to the $30 an hour rate because that's a huge jump. You're terrified to ask for it, but you do. You ask for it. And then what happens? Maybe you get a couple no's along the way. That happens. But then somebody says yes. All of a sudden, 
your mind explodes. Your brain explodes. You cannot believe what just happened. You're probably jumping around the room. You're calling the closest people. You're not going <laughs> to you're not going to brag publicly. Maybe you will. I don't know. But you're probably dumbfounded. You're going to tell your spouse, you're going to tell your family, you're gonna be like you guys will not believe what I was just able to do. I got somebody to pay me $100 an hour for my training session. Oh my God, what is happening? This is crazy. So I'm sure all of you guys have probably gone through that at least something similar at one point or another, right? I'm using a, I'm using a professional example. This could have happened in your personal life with something similar. But again, think about, think about the way that you felt. You didn't believe it was possible. You decided to try and it actually worked. I bet that completely changed the way that you looked at your pricing going forward. And just the way that you approached that conversation and the way that you have now entered a new tier of thinking, you've unlocked, you've opened a door in your mindset, in your frame of mind. The way that you are now going to look at this entirely is different. So again, this is an example. You had a limiting belief. You didn't believe something was possible. You achieved it, and now you're completely transformed. Your perspective has completely changed, and it was all that simple. Now, all of a sudden, that limiting belief doesn't exist. It's gone because you know that you can charge that. You know you're worth it. So what went from something that you just didn't think was actually possible is now, yeah, of course, that's a reality. And then fast forward six months. Six, six, nine, 12 months, whatever that number is for you, you'll look back and be like, can you believe I was charging $30 an hour? Like now I have a full roster or I have a gym full of people that are paying me $100 an hour. What was I thinking paying 30 or charging $30 an hour? The perspective on that is what changes our mentality entirely. So I'm sure you have an example of that. We all do. And it's amazing that transformative feeling and the way that we have a completely different frame and look at it through a completely different lens as soon as we break through that. So let me touch quickly on the three specific and most common limiting beliefs that we have as gym owners. The first one is that our workouts and our community, double-edged sword there, our workouts and our community, either or, or both, are better than everybody else's. That's a big one. That's a really big one. We all think we have the best workouts. We have the best coaches. We have the best community. Oh, people come to us because our community is so amazing. People come to us because we have the best workouts in the whole city, in the whole country. Nobody is better than we are. False. Now, I'm not saying your community isn't great. And I'm not saying your workouts aren't great, but I'm just saying they're not better than everybody else's. As a whole, within our space, everybody, I repeat, everybody has great workouts and has a great community. So that is a huge belief that we need to break because as soon as we can break through and break free from that, we will be able to stop relying and putting the control elsewhere. 
we'll be able to stop relying on our workouts and our community to sell for us. Because what we're not, what we don't want to do is we don't want to try and just sell access to our facility. We want to sell people based on having them achieve their goals. We already know our community is great. We already know our workouts are great, but so are everybody else's. And if we just bank on that alone, we're commoditizing ourselves and we're not separating ourselves from the pack at all. So our focus needs to be specifically on how can we get Jane Doe, John Doe, et cetera, the results that they have been wanting for years. That's where our focus needs to be. So again, number one, our workouts and our community are better than everybody else's. No, they're not. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's totally fine. But we just need to be very cognizant of that. And we need to be aware that everybody's stuff is really good in this industry. Okay? Number two. We can't charge any more money. What we're charging is what we're charging. And we cannot charge any more money. There's a number of reasons why this limiting belief is is placed upon ourselves. And it could be a combination of we think we're already charging too much. We are looking at the people around us and seeing what they're charging. And we are kind of taking the like average of what they're charging and dropping it just a little bit low. This is what commonly happens. We drop that a little under so we can be like, oh, look at everybody else's prices. But we're just like a little bit less than that. So we're a great space to be because we're just a bit cheaper than these guys and those guys. But there's a couple things. Number one, we don't know what their level of success is. So if we're over here, and I mentioned this in our last podcast and in our last live stream, if we look at the people next door and down the street and, and around the corner and we see what their prices are and we base off of them, what if their business is failing? What if they're bleeding money every single month because they're not charging enough and they're not making enough money? Well, we just based some business decisions in our business on them based on their pricing. So if their pricing is leading them or is one of the factors that's leading them to actually getting closer and closer every month to closing their doors, that doesn't look like a good model or a good example for us to follow. So that's number one. The second is you can always charge more money. Charging more money benefits everybody. And I know the argument to this is that if we charge more money, we won't be able to sell a higher volume or we won't be able to sell more people or be more accessible to everybody. And that's not entirely true either. Because what happens is as soon as it's, again, this is another double-edged sword. As soon as we start to charge more money, not only does the prospect, your now client, start to care more because they become more invested. People who pay, pay attention. People, again, they, they pay money for the things that they truly care about. So they are so much more invested. Look at it this way. If you have two people doing your programs, let's say you have a six-week program. You have one person who's paying $5 and you have one person who's paying $5,000. Who do you think is going to get better results out of that? Likelihood? Let's call it a 99%, 99.9% likelihood is the person who's paying $5,000 because they have $5,000 on the line. There's so much skin in the game. So they're going to invest their time, their energy, and everything else that they have and that they can into it so they get their money's worth and they are going to reap the rewards. Somebody who's paying $5, it doesn't matter to them. 
And they've shown that by the little amount that they've invested. And now I understand money is all relative and I get it. I get it. But regardless, the people who are more invested will get better results out of it. Now let's look at the flip side of this. Same, same prospect, same client, same situation. One person pays you $5 for six weeks. The other person pays you $5,000 for six weeks. Which one do you think that you will provide a better service to? Which one do you think that you will go the extra mile for and really making sure that they get absolutely everything out of your program? Can't do it on the person who paid you $5. There's no money in there. There's no, there's no, there's no profit. There's no money coming to you for you to actually invest more time in them. But if somebody's paid you $5,000, you can take that extra few minutes. You can take that extra hour and you can really fine tune and work with them and tweak things and make sure that they are getting the red carpet experience. You're rolling out that red carpet for them because they're paying for it. So this is why when we look at pricing, when we look at charging more, everybody wins. Everybody. The prospect cares more. They're more invested. And so are you. You're going to work so much harder. You're going to over deliver to make sure that they get the absolute best experience because they've spent so much money and because you're now making money. You're now making money. So not only can you deliver an amazing product to them, you can also take that money and reinvest it back in your business and deliver an amazing product for other people too. So that's number two. So number one was that our workouts and our community are better than everybody else's, which we know also not true. Number two, like we just chatted about, we can't charge any more money for a variety of different reasons that may come, but the, the limiting belief here is that we just can't charge any more money. Okay, we just talked about why that one, not true. Everybody wins when you charge more money. Last one, and this is a little bit different. We're going on a different angle on this one, but number three is a little bit more about our product offering and how we position the things that we do inside of our facility. Number three is what we want. So the limiting belief here is that we think that what we want is what the prospect would want. And this is a dangerous one. I mean, the other two are obviously dangerous as well. But this one is just, there's a little bit of a different angle on this one. And why this one's really important is we need to remember, and I know I struggled with this one for a long time, we need to remember that our prospects are not in the same place with their health and fitness that we are. And an easy way to look at this, again, let's use sports. Let's use sports uh, analogies because I think that's really helpful. One of the things that's always blown my mind, although it's not very surprising, maybe it's just the idea of how much LeBron James invests in his coaching every single year. And now when I say coaching, that goes everywhere from coaches through to nutritionists, therapists, et cetera. So his full coaches, he invests over a million dollars every single year. And the first time I heard that, yes, my mind was absolutely blown. But once I started to understand it, it actually makes total sense. So if somebody, let's say, let's just for this... <laughs> For the simplicity of this analogy, let's say that LeBron's coach is not going to work with, with LeBron the same way that he would work with himself or the same way that he would work with other clients. 
because LeBron is very different. He is at the highest level of his sport. And he needs to be coached accordingly. LeBron's coach, they're very good, right? They've gotten, they've, they've created a super athlete and at the top level of his game. But he would not coach himself the same way that he coaches LeBron. So where I'm going with this is some of us as gym owners, again, having been lifelong lifelong fitness addicts, let's call it health and fitness addicts, depending on what our specific niche is and what our actual background is, we may be in a position where we train five, six, seven, sometimes more times a week. Now imagine that you're talking to Susie who's calling and you know, you have a consultation call with her and the idea of twice a week for her is daunting. She's not doing anything right now. She's doing zero sessions a week. And here you are offering her this amazing program that gives seven day access, unlimited training. She can work. She's going to work out every single day. She's going to feel like a million dollars to her. That's a huge mess because the idea of two or three sessions a week is terrifying. So we need to stop thinking about what it is that we would want out of a program and think more about our prospects. Think about what they want. What are their goals? What are they looking to achieve? And how are they going to get there? More importantly, how are we going to get them there? So a really good, a really good way to approach this is to think about what, what our avatar is or what our typical client is or what our standard client, basically that like perfect client. I want you to take a few minutes write down everything about this perfect client. Where are they from? How old are they? What kind of job do they have? Do they have kids? If so, how many? What have they tried in the past? What's the problem that they're struggling with? How many times have they tried to reach this goal? Have they failed? Why did they fail? All of these little details. And you could have one, two, maybe three of these different personas. And I would keep that, I would keep those fewer because the fewer that you have, the more granular you can get and the more specific you can get at targeting those individuals, because the more that you can target that specific individual, the more that you will know when Jane, who's 45, who has three kids, who's struggling to lose 25 pounds because she has health issues. Now her knees are bad. She can't keep up with her kids. She's tried to lose this for 10 years unsuccessfully every time. And every time she's tried, she started, she's fallen off. She can't keep up with it because the diet that she's been given is too strict. It's just impossible. Limiting belief, impossible. Every time that you speak to somebody who is just like her, you know exactly how to help her. You know exactly what she needs to finally hit her goal once and for all. You'll be able to sell to her specifically, first of all, for a ton of money. And secondly, every single time, because that is exactly who you are targeting. So figure out what it is that they need. Because if you know what your avatar is, but you're still basically prescribing something that you would do, you'd be like, well, I love training seven days a week. So I'm just going to tell her to do the same thing because that's what I would want. Again, that's a huge miss. You've completely missed the mark. 
and you have once again now tried to sell her something that she has absolutely no ability to do. And her results are going to reinforce her own limiting belief of, I can't do this, whatever that specific one is for her. But the general one is, I can't do this because of X. So number one, that our workouts in our community are better than everybody else's, which again, they're not. Number two, that we can't charge more money. Yes, we can. Everybody wins when you charge more money. Number three, what we want is what the prospect would want. So if we like it, they like it. Perfect. Again, stop thinking like yourself and stop thinking that you're selling to yourself because you're not. You are in such a different position than your prospect is. They may get to where you are and that would be amazing. Everybody would love that. They would love that. You would be so happy with the progress that they've made. But right now, in this particular instance, for this period of time, the majority of people that you're going to speak to are not going to be where you are. And that's okay too, because you will get them there. So you need to think about what it is that they would want. Figure out what your avatar is and figure out what it is that they need to get to their goals. And then that's what you sell them on because that will actually get them the results without scaring them away, without making them feel like once again, they're going to try something and they're going to fail because that comes right back to what we talked about with their own limiting beliefs. We don't want to reinforce or create another, <laughs> another round of that loop, right? We don't want to, we want to orbit that loop one more time. They've already gone through it too many times. Okay. The last thing the last thing that I want to just touch on quickly before I let you guys go is limiting beliefs don't go away. So this is a big thing for us to be cognizant of. They don't go away, but they change. Every time that we break through one of these glass ceilings, we're going to hit a new one. And that's okay too, because now we have more evidence to show ourselves that we can break through and we can actually be successful at that next level. And what's happening here is our, our mindset, our frame of mind, our entire perspective on the things that we are now striving to achieve, we're just leveling up, right? In my example before, when I talked about how we went from $30 an hour working with a client one-on-one -on -one, to now going to $100 an hour one-on-one, -on -one, guess what? Are you going to stay at 100 forever? I don't think so. We're going to level up. But what happens now? We may feel literally that exact same limiting belief, the exact same one. Oh, I can't change more. I can't, I can't, I, I can't charge more for this. This is way too expensive. Until you do. And then everything changes. <laughs> Once again. So remember, what's really nice about this is when we level up, Yes, we feel more limiting beliefs. We feel imposter syndrome. We feel all of those things again. But the difference is that we are now feeling them at that next level. So if we can remember that the challenges that we're running into, the challenges that we're experiencing, the things that are now causing us fear, they are a heightened and an increased level because we have leveled up. We've improved where we are. So if we were here, we've broken through and now we're here. What we're going to feel is fear of what's up here. 
Does that make sense? So we are continually going to be pushing through these glass ceilings to get to that next level. And the biggest thing for us to take away from this is acknowledging and understanding and knowing that, yeah, we're going to get to that, that glass ceiling again, but I've already been there two or three times or four times or 10 times, depending on where you're at. And I just know that this is the next step in my evolution as a business owner. This is the next necessary step that I need to go through. And what happens here is that we hesitate and we delay less because we just know, oh yeah, this is the next step. I remember last time when I was at, when I was at my ex revenue and I was like, there's no way I can increase this, but I just did it. And now here I am. And I know I'm going to do it again because I did it before and I did it before that. And I've done it three times and five times and 10 times. So this is just the next level up. So again, remember, you're always going to experience these limiting beliefs to some degree, but we, as we progress through this, we're going to have more evidence and more success stories to tell ourselves of just reminding us that we are on the right path and we know that we can continue to break these walls down and keep leveling ourselves up. All right. So that is limiting beliefs in a nutshell, guys. What I really want you to focus on, the big key takeaways, I'm going to focus on three. Number one, I want you to think very, very closely to how in conversations with your prospects, you can break their limiting beliefs. And I want you to be honest with them and upfront. Susie, I know you don't think you can get this. I know you don't think you can lose 25 pounds and get back that body that you had when you were in your mid-20s. But I need you to believe that you can, because I'm telling you, you can, I've seen it. We've done it 50, a hundred, 200 times with other clients and you're not different. We can get you there. So you need to have those hard conversations with them and break those beliefs. Because if you can break those beliefs, they will truly believe that you will now be that person to finally get them the help that they've been striving for, for so long and get them to that goal once and for all. Number two, I want you guys to do the same thing for yourself. Exact same thing. What are the three limiting beliefs that you guys have put upon yourself or even just one? My guess is that you've probably got more than one. What's the biggest one? Let's just focus on the number one biggest. What's the biggest limiting belief that has held you back in your business? Last, number three. I want you to take a look at your avatar. Who is your ideal client? Write down everything that you can possibly think about them. Like I said, who they are, right? Their name. Give them a name because that humanizes them. Give them a name. What's their name? What's their age? Where do they live? What type of house do they have? Do they commute? What kind of car do they drive? Do they have kids? How old are their kids? How many kids do they have? Do they have any pets? Do they have a backyard? You can get very granular with this, right? What's their annual income? Do they work? Does their spouse work? Are they single? Are they, are they married? Are they divorced? All of these angles allow you to get very specific on your target and know exactly who your ideal client is. And then we can start to reverse engineer. What are the things that that person or that avatar, what do they need to be successful? And then that's what we can sell them on. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming by today. This was a good one lots to take away. So those are the three takeaways that I want you guys to, to focus on, really give some thought to. They will elevate 
what you are able to bring to the table conversationally, but also what you're able to provide your clients in terms of a game plan. So looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you share this podcast with other gym owners out there so we can grow this community and together we can impact and change more lives. I'll see you guys in the next episode.